0: Hello, and welcome to the second episode in our series on the COVID-19 pandemic and the five stages of grief as identified by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. So today we'll be considering the anger phase. First, I'll say a few words about anger in the pandemic, and then I'll discuss my ideas on what kind of expression of anger is healthy, and will move you forward, versus expression of anger that really can make things worse. And with regard to anger and the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, I've seen a lot of anger being expressed during this time, especially via social media. And really there's always a lot of anger that I see being expressed on social media, but uh, it does seem to have intensified somewhat and it kind of goes up and down depending on how things are going. It seems like, but I definitely have seen people getting angry about politics Um, especially angry at specific politicians or certain political parties or movements. And I've seen people getting into heated arguments online. Um, Usually it's not people who know each other, it seems like. But that does happen too. And of course, there are just, uh, in real life, not on the internet, lots of people that are under a lot of pressure right now for various reasons. And it's normal to be feeling irritable, or to be feeling increasingly resentful, or just to have more anger um, during this kind of a difficult time. And it's just really helpful to see that as part of this grieving process, I think. So, what should we do with all of this anger? Well, I'll start by saying what I think we should not do. And uh, what I'm gonna say has to do with social media, uh, because in my experience, It really, generally, does not help to express anger in a public setting such as on the internet. Most of the time, maybe all of the time, if you condemn and rage against people in public, it causes more conflict, not reconciliation. Now probably for most people listening, you already agree with this, at least to an extent. But I do want to say a little bit more, because so often We Christians have looked to Jesus as an example and we've said, well, he got very mad and he publicly condemned people, you know, certain people. So if Jesus did it, then it must be a good thing to rage against injustice. Okay, I've heard that many, many, many times. And I believed that for a very long time, but I don't anymore. And I don't believe it because my own direct experience Tells me otherwise. And by the way, uh, this is a point where I think that Christians really need to learn from the Buddhist tradition. Because when I look at my life, and when I look at others around me, and especially when I look at history, I can see that when people crusade against injustice with righteous anger, there are good things that can come of it, and have, in many cases. And at the same time, There's always damage done as well. I think this is more obvious from the Buddhist worldview, where there's more of an understanding that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Or what goes around comes around. And I think that that's something we Christians really need to take in. That we haven't yet. (laughs) At least, you know, as a group, so. Anyway, you're welcome to comment with your disagreement or an alternate perspective, of course, Uh, but my personal opinion is that in our public relationships, the ideal really is not angrily speaking out against injustice. The ideal is to demonstrate love for enemies and turning the other cheek, and I do plan to explore this idea further in the next podcast series on rules for talking politics. So. So much for expressing anger in public discourse. Now in private, it can be healthy to express anger freely, depending on how you do it. And to help us understand this, I want to revisit a concept that I shared in the Holy Week series, that the two hemispheres of the brain represent two fundamentally different ways of perceiving reality. So briefly, the left hemisphere is simplistic, and it feels very logical because it uses abstraction as a shortcut for explaining the way that things are and and uh, for trying to impose order on the world. The left hemisphere sees things more as they really are and without judgment. At least that's the, uh, the theory. The right oh sorry, the right hemisphere. Did I say left? Yeah. Oh sorry. Did I say left two, both times? Really okay, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> Alright. Left hemisphere, logic. Right hemisphere, non-judgmental. Yeah, there you go. So So when you vent your anger, right? if you are venting and you're just staying totally in the left hemisphere, logically simplistic mode of thinking, then you pretty much just rehearse your justifications for being mad in your mind over and over. And uh, maybe you're even coming up with new justifications and new rationalizations. And there's a pretty well-known experiment in which this kind of venting, actually made people more angry. Uh, it didn't get all their mad feelings out of their system. It, it actually made them just even more mad than they had been before, and more obsessive. And when I read that study, I was really bothered uh, that people were concluding, well, oh, venting anger doesn't help because uh, I knew that they just weren't giving people the proper guidance on how to do it uh, because I've always had success and for me it's um what i do typically is bringing my anger before god in prayer like the authors of the psalms who composed some famously angry prayers i mean there's even some where they're they're wishing that people would be murdered or that genocide would be committed and uh you know as a response to real injustice that people had suffered but in any case you see in many of these psalms this extreme anger and then there's a movement from that anger and pain and suffering into a place of gratitude and peace and that's a movement that i experience when i bring my anger to god in prayer so why is that so effective? How does that work? Well, I think that it's because prayer is designed to put you into a right hemisphere headspace, that non-judgmental headspace that allows you to feel your connection to others, to life, to God. And when you have a practice of prayer, or it could be some other kind of meditation that does this for you, where you, you reach that place of uh, non-judgmental awareness and connectedness then you can bring that practice to your experience of anger when you do that then the anger is transformed and in my experience it's transformed first into pain so instead of experiencing anger the way that we typically do as like a list of grievances that run through your mind right left hemisphere then it becomes A feeling of being hurt and whereas the anger that we usually feel or where we get stuck with it that anger feels really bad Um, the pain doesn't feel good I would say but the pain feels right if you know what I mean or it feels true let's say so I find that once I've reached that point then it's not so hard to stay with it to just stay with it and be with that that pain and that suffering. And then when the tears pass, then that's where I found that I've gained a greater perspective, a new sense of peace. So that's my experience anyway. And that's what I, you know, I think of when I hear of that experiment, I was just like, well, you know, that's, they they don't, they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> they, did, they didn't understand how anger is really supposed to be expressed. Okay, so one last little thing, I want to share a tidbit from my childhood. As a kid, I used to love a book series called The Johnny Dixon Mysteries by John Velaers. And uh, one of the characters is this crotchety old professor who has a fuss closet. And so whenever he starts losing his temper, then he just goes into his fuss closet for a few minutes and they can hear him like banging around in there. (laughs) uh, You know, and then he comes out feeling much better. So I always loved that idea. And, uh, you know, when you find yourself mad. Uh, you're getting angry, y- even if you don't go into a literal closet, uh, though I have done that many times, uh, been in a, a literal literal closet to, uh, to do my prayer. Uh, nonetheless, even if you don't have a closet handy, you can just t- take some time to be alone. And just you and God, or, you know, whatever, if you don't believe in God, I don't know, then you could just be present to your anger. And as you get away from the rationalizing and the justifying and really feel the pain and the hurt that's behind it, you know, even a short session can make a big difference. It can really change how your day is going. It can even change your week. So, alright. So that's what I had to say. And I am genuinely curious if any of you has thoughts on this subject or to hear what your experience has been with anger and with the consequences of expressing anger in different ways Um, it's such a huge topic that i feel is just not discussed often enough or deeply enough so please if you're so inclined uh, drop me a comment on facebook or wherever all right so we'll just take a couple deep breaths together grateful. Just take a few deb- few breaths and be grateful for the fact that, you know, God is always there for us. And really everything, everything we can take to God in prayer. Well, I'd find it such a comfort to be able to do that, just you know, no matter where I am, no matter what's going on, God's always there, so. We'll share a song now um, that is about that special time that we spent alone with God, and it's called In the Secret. Alright. Oh, Ren, you're smiling. Something going on?
1: I wish we had uh, planned sweet hour of prayer for, oh, for this one, rather than In the Secret.
0: I'm sorry.
1: Uh, now that I realize, uh,
0: oh, what the theme was? Yeah,
1: like what, what all was going on? So.
0: Oh, sorry about that. Well, okay. That's all right. No, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do it, we'll, it later. We'll do it another
1: time. We'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Thank you. And let's just have a word of prayer. Dear God, thank you so much that we can come to you with every emotion that is uh, difficult for us. We can come to you with our anger. We can come to you with our hurt. We can come to you with our uncertainty. Everything. Thank you. Oh God for always being there for us. For always being there with us. For being an objective and compassionate observer that sees us just as we are. That knows everything about not just us but all those that were re- to whom we are related, to whom we're connected. And may we Learn how to feel this more, how we are related to others, how we are connected, so that we don't feel so alone in our pain, but are able to see that we're part of something greater. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, uh, that's all for today. So, well, uh, until tomorrow.